Hi, welcome to Suplex of Sticks, a gaming podcast hosted by David and Chris. Hello, everybody. Hey, man, you are... I can just feel the volcanic ash and Hawaiian aroma coming off of you. Um, I am definitely an aloha bro. <laughs> I'm Polynesian now. Oh, okay. Uh, you've, a, you've appropriated a culture. Continue. If you guys, if you guys have seen Fifty First Dates, the chef from Fifty First Dates, that's me now. Oh, nice. I put on 150 pounds in a week, <laughs> and uh, I got a bunch of face tattoos. And uh, I kind of look like Rikishi, like in the glory days, Rikishi, before he was like a pimp. Gotcha. Um, that's that's what's going on with me. To be honest, though, I'm – does anybody – have you – okay, so you go to the gym because you're you're getting in primo shape for wedding day, Operation Wedding and Day. And because I don't Do want to die, like uh, early. That's true. I don't want you to die either. I don't want you to – I was looking at superficial reasons, but I'm also glad that there's yeah. more intrinsic healthy reasons. Anyways, do you ever have do you ever have that issue where you like rush out of the shower and you have to do something and then it feels like the leftover driblets of water have now conformed into sweat and so it feels like you're just sweating your your butt off but you're actually just dribbling water from the shower? Does anybody know what I'm talking yes, about? Is I, there anybody? I experienced that today. It's literally happening right now. <laughs> On top of the jet lag that won't go away. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Chris isn't a hundred percent right now. We're in for a doozy. So, um, you you played a couple things uh, while you were in Hawaii. I really did, I, and I I I somewhat pushed some of that on you. You asked for it. That's so okay. I did. I, I'm excited to hear about that. I have been playing. So I I really went on a a. I would I'll call it a Steam World Spirit Quest. Okay. Where I I bought almost all the Steam World games on the Nintendo Switch when they were on sale, and yeah, we, yeah, because you we talked about the first one. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I've beaten Steam World Dig Two since we talked. Okay. So the first one and the second one. <coughs> Excuse me. And I'm in the last section of Steam World Heist, which is okay. kind of like a um. So you like worms, right? Yes, okay, I love so worms. Worms is like where you move, and it's a it's like a two D tactics game. That's mm-hmm. basically what Steam World Heist is. Okay. So I, I'm playing that. Um, it's really good. I I don't know if it's fully for me, but I love the aesthetic and I love the little story and the humor. So I've kept playing it. I am really excited for the next one, which I actually haven't bought, which is uh, SteamWorld Quest, The Hand of Gilgamech, which is kind of like a a card strategy game mm-hmm. uh, with none of the, like, there's no gotcha mechanics where you got to, like, buy booster packs and stuff. Like, it's a self-contained strategy okay. game with cards. So, yeah, I, I don't want to give heist rating yet but i definitely say steamroll dig one and two are suplex certified i've nice. talked about it in the discord i the upgrades in that game and the just the amount of time you can put into it digging and exploring the world is so much fun the the satisfaction of upping your drills so you can dig through tougher dirt is i don't know why it's so satisfactory chris but it just it <laughs> 
it really <laughs> clicks a part of my brain where it's like, yes, progression is happening. I'm happy. Well, that's, uh, I mean, that's, that's going to be literally what I talk about. Nice. I mean, my, I mean, uh, and I don't, I'm not going to cut you off if you still got stuff to do, but we talked about this thing two weeks ago. Monotony sometimes is just a, a beautiful thing. Oh yeah, of course. It really is. And this is, it is monotony. You're digging down and trying to get gems and, um, but it's monot- It's well done monotony. There's also very poorly done monotony, and that's something else yes, I absolutely. want to talk about. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I continued to play Rage 2. So we, we haven't done an episode for a week and a half, so I want to preface yes. that. Mm-hmm. So I've had a lot of time to play some random things. I tried to continue to play Rage 2. I still think it's a very good game. But Chris, let me tell you what. I went to the furthest left side of the map. This map isn't uh-huh. small, by the way the world i went to the furthest left side of the map and i talked to this horrific looking man riding a mutant in a in a like what seemed like a nuclear shelter and i'm like hey what's up i have to meet you for the game this is you're going to give me a quest i'm sure he hands me a quest and i have to go all the way to the rightmost side of the map Huh. Wouldn't it be an issue if there was something in this game called fast travel, right? Well, yeah, oh yeah. there's no fast travel. <laughs> At least, I mean, there is, but it's only to the hubs, and the hubs are not close to that part. So it's just like... So it's, it's, it's basically the Red Dead Redemption 2 issue. I, I'm going to have to drive all the way across the map to continue the game. And when I saw that, I genuinely was just like, I don't have time for this yeah i'm not yeah i'm not gonna i would it. rather play something else right now i'll i'll go back and do it uh, but at the time i was just like i felt like someone the game spit in my face i was just like i don't why did you do this this isn't a logical move but, well here comes here comes the second didn't mean to interrupt you here comes the segment uh in every pot in every episode where chris pisses off a bunch of people a certain demographic that was my issue with Red Dead Redemption 2, dude. I stopped because literally, like, I know people make fun of it, but literally every, like, act is Dutch saying he has a plan after he's totally demolished and ruined the lives of all the civilians. And you can't fast. It's like you can only fast travel to little spaces from your camp. So say if you want to fast travel from the right of the map all the way to the left side. For like to, between cities and one of the biggest cities in the game is at the bottom right I don't remember the exact name of it but you have to uh, take your horse go all the way to your camp to then be able to fast travel from your camp to wherever you want to go so it's not even I don't know how far you got into the game it's not even fast traveling from like local local spots like in the witcher like i'm perfectly fine with that that's totally acceptable this is like hey you have to be from one central point to go to other places and the rockstar's excuse is like oh well we want you to see the world i've already seen it if i've been to that place like i've already taken the beaten path yeah. to get there and then it's like people are like oh it's it's it, there's plenty to do there's also plenty to get in the way like a cougar attacking your horse and killing it and then you have to walk all the way to the fast travel yeah, spot yeah yeah that's so it's just same thing with it, rage yeah. there's a lot of mutants and stuff you can come across that can you know bazooka your car and like you spend a lot of money getting your car back and like it's yeah. just 
and people would say get good but it's like dude like i'm a regional director i have a big boy job <laughs> like i i don't have the the time like i don't know it's uh i'm not trying to be no, like no, facetious I, or anything i really enjoyed um on on a couple of the podcasts i listened to it 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 really started to become a big topic around the time red dead came out was a game's respect of your time yeah is it is this game respecting yeah and it's i think there is something to say about we want you to explore the world but there's also an amount of we want you like i need to know that when i push an edge out right i can Mm -hmm. get back to that edge and keep pushing even if i want to backtrack absolutely i shouldn't be punished for backtracking and at that point, you kind of are punishing the player for backtracking because then you're making it harder for them to push the boundary again. So it's it's interesting. But I don't want to get too far on that mechanic. No, Ra- absolutely. Rage and then, 2. Well, and then if we're going to talk about Red Dead 2 real, real quick, there's no difficulty setting. So it's like if you just wanted to do like a breeze through on easy and like respect the fact that the game wants you to see the world, you can't do that. So if you get like, yeah, so if you get taken aback by a gang of raiders from a rival gang who are basically trying to rob you and kill you, like you're you're pretty much screwed if you're not ready to like handle the business. Whereas like in Witcher, not only do you have spots all over the map in each area where you can fast travel if you want to bump it to easy real quick and do a couple things with your playtime, you know, you can do that. But in red dead, you're pretty much kind of stuck with, you know, what you've got going on. And like, I'm not talking about games like Sekiro and like from software games, you know what you're signing up for. Like, there's no excuse to play, to buy that game and say, I don't have time to play this. Like, you know what's expected of you, but I'm talking like your general triple a title that, it's going to sell millions of copies. I really think you've got to respect the gamer a little bit. That's just me. People probably don't agree, and I don't really care. Um, but, yeah, you got to you got to respect the time of the individual playing the game, in my opinion. Or or I won't buy it. I mean, that's, that's that, I guess. So, yeah. Um, with that, I also – I had a great – so I had, my birthday was over the, the – It was. Break, and I actually had a really fun birthday party thanks to – my fiance Marianne, who got the real MVP, got my friends together to play video games with me, which is something that I kind of lament to her all the time that I don't have friends that come over and play like Mario Kart or Smash with me because I I love playing those with people, but I just you know just we're all adults now. It's harder to get together. Yeah, absolutely. And so we basically just had a like hey everyone we're getting together for the sole purpose of playing games together and so to be able to play smash bros with a bunch of people and uh play mario kart with a bunch of people it was really fun and my my nephew aj was learning how to play smash uh in a trial by fire effort against (laughs) a bunch of adults and i i loved it so much it was the best my nephew is the the cutest thing in the world um it's seth's nephew also and he so chris he's a six-year-old right mm-hmm. i you know i keep thinking he's five but i bet you he's six i know he's six he's in kindergarten so he is 
fighting with these characters. It's his first time playing Smash, I'm pretty sure. And he's at the bottom of the level, like practicing moves. And so he's like, all right, don't hit me. I'm practicing moves. And so it's like, okay, man. And he does what every kid does eventually when they get oh, yeah, when dude. they get ready. He comes up to the top and he starts hitting people. And so everyone's <laughs> like, all right, you're hitting us. We can hit you. You asked for it, dude. Yeah, you asked. And then you give him the business and he was not having it. it <laughs> the, bond, the bond has been broken. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it was, it was fun to play with that a little bit. Like now I'm going to it's, – it's opened up a great opportunity because now I can teach a, – AJ wants to learn how to play so that he can actually play with all the big kids, you know. And so that's a good age to be learning Smash. And oh, absolutely. So it'll be it'll be fun. And yeah, playing those games with people is just a great time. We played we played a little bit of uh Jackbox, we played Mario Kart and Smash and there was a group playing Mario Party which was awesome. There's like six switches there, dude. There was <laughs> it was it was a real fun party. Um and I was kind of I was bummed that you couldn't make it, man. Yeah, I'm sorry. I know you were fresh off the fresh off the boat so they say but you were fresh off the plane so yeah we literally landed when your party started i think so so, and i and i didn't sleep at all like we we got in or we we got on the plane at in hawaii at like 2 p.m so that would put that would that would be like 8 p.m floor 8 p.m florida time i guess and then we landed like around the time your party started so that's a good and I didn't sleep on the plane at all. So that's a good almost 24 hours Jeez. of being awake. <laughs> traveling's especially like over over the Pacific Ocean, like traveling's like woof. It's tough. So, but that's right. Other than that, I I bought more games than I played, really. I <laughs> I ended up grabbing um Bloodborne nice and i realized that seth had left me sekiro so now i have nice. two ultra difficult games in the chamber uh i haven't started them but i am excited to because of... but bloodborne bloodborne you can play with friends though okay i so that'll alleviate a lot like uh people say that it ma- that it scales the enemies up it's not even close dude to playing solo okay like That's good like playing know. with three people, Bloodborne, you can you can almost warp any boss except for like a, a select few who are just really hard. Like you can just go in and take care of business as long as you're like like coordinated as a team. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So you'll be okay there. So I'm really excited to to dive into those. I'm also I'm planning on and don't please don't hold me to this. It might be two weeks, but I'm really hoping to <laughs> download and beat. Outer Wilds by next week because be I've heard uh, that that game I've definitely been wanting to play that oh yeah is like I've heard that that game is the game to play right now um, nice and it's like on multiple people's game of the year list and the cat is being horrifically loud I was about to I'm say so holy sorry. god I literally I literally looked behind me <laughs> to see if it was my cat and I had like crazy pet cemetery vibes going on and then you didn't say anything, <laughs> so I was like, "Dude, I, it's over. I'm, I'm, I'm insane." So, <laughs> what did uh, what did you play, Chris? Um, so on the, uh, I really wanted to play the Switch on the plane because I feel like, man, that's like that's the prime time to play is on a plane. I have a good Switch plane story after you're done with this. Go ahead. Okay, so 
Um, I love the Dynasty Warrior games, and I really want to get back into Zelda, but Breath of the Wild is just not something I'm ready to do right now in this moment in time with Witcher 3 in circulation and, you know, Borderlands 3 in a couple months, Gears 5. I just, it's not, I'm not ready for Breath of the Wild. Right. So I I asked David um, if he had Hyrule Warriors, thinking he had traded it in because he literally trades every game in. And he had kept it, and I was super excited because I love the Dynasty Warriors series, and I had been wanting to play that. Um, so I played I played maybe two hours of it, and it, it wasn't that I didn't like the game. It was that it made me really t- – like, like playing made me tired. Like playing the Switch on the plane made me tired. And it might have been because maybe we hit a certain level of pressure in the air or whatever at that certain point in time. Um, but I this was on the way to Hawaii. I ended up being able to go to sleep. But man, um, I I really liked it uh, graphically. It's graphically it's amazing. Uh, just warping, uh, talking about monotony. That's fun. Uh, the monotony of these games are just hilarious. Like it's so funny yeah. to be Link, who's just a a bamf and literally just beating the tar out of people. Um, the one complaint I have so far about it, and this is just uh, this is just specifics to the um to the peripherals of the switch is when i was playing it with the screen and using um the two joy cons in the little controller the mini map is really small so it's hard to see like where your army needs help when it's okay but that's that's something that can be avoided in handheld mode and docked so that's not a game breaker but i was playing it with my table tray down, with the screen set up, playing it on the Joy-Con controllers, whatever that thing's called, where you put the two Joy-Cons in. I call it the puppy got, dog because that's what it looks the like. The puppy dog. Yeah. Um, but other than that, like I had unlo- I unlocked a couple characters, and then I thought it was – I forgot that this happened in Dynasty Warriors. As you level up the characters, you get like different combination of move sets. Oh, yeah. And so like different I was super excited. And... I totally forgot that that happened. So then – it was fun just walking around combining the new moves that you have, like the new combo moves that you have. I'm definitely going to finish it docked, I think, but I was super great. I was super grateful that you let me borrow it. And I, 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 uh, I really, really like it. And it kind of reconfirmed my love, my love for the switch. Cause I, I know I bag on Nintendo a lot, but I really do love the switch. It's such a good machine. So I think what would have helped you. So the last time I played switch on a plane, was on the way to Seattle, and it's uh-huh. a six-hour flight. Yeah, that's a, yeah. I was about to say that's a pretty lengthy flight. And so, a getting a different stand beside using the Switch's kickstand because the Switch's okay. kickstand is not. Yeah, you have that. You have that white stand. Yeah, I have a silver yeah. stand, and using a Pro controller instead of the Joy Cons. Okay, I I do have a um. I have Black Friday last year. They did like the Mario controller, like the offbeat pro controller. It actually is pretty good. I should have brought that. I forgot it. I forgot to bring it. And so <laughs> my my other suggestion is to not play it with the Joy-Con, like in handheld, normal handheld mm-hmm. with the volume all the way up while you have headphones on watching a movie and not realizing... <laughs> You're playing it with the volume all the way up for about 30, 40 minutes. <laughs> and then you're, the people around on the plane must have hated me, and I felt very bad about it. But I was playing Hollow Knight at, like, max volume, 
And one of the silent (laughs) moments in the movie, I heard the game and I'm like, oh, no, great. I I heard it through my (laughs) headphones what happened. And I realized, oh, I've been playing this game the whole time at max volume. (laughs) Good. Great. (laughs) Everyone on this plane must hate me. Oh, yeah. But it's so funny that people on people on planes are the most privileged people in the world. So I'm surprised you didn't get like the old lady who like unbuckles her chair and like does like the 180 look behind at you. Like I'm surprised. So you didn't. Get I was any really of that. surprising anything because the old lady that would have done that was the one sitting next to me, <laughs> and she she tilted her legs away from me as if I had a sickness. It was very weird, but it gave me more hearing, leg. She room. turned her hearing aid off. It gave me more leg room, so I'm fine. Yeah, hey man, take it, whatever. So. Um, I did. I did play one other game. Ooh, tell me. Um, yeah. Um, uh, I I've been, I said uh like six times. I apologize. We started my brother and I uh, gears and there's a seventh gears four yesterday. Yes. So I'm I'm finally after however many years playing the campaign of this game. And long story short, gears is one of my favorite series. My little brother and I have played every game together, so I had to wait. He was uh, with his girlfriend at the time in England. She was going to Oxford. He was living with her. And literally, they ha- their IT team locks out like devices. Like They know which devices to lock out from the internet. And he had called. So basically, we couldn't get in a party together, and it wouldn't let us join a lobby together. We, we literally couldn't play. So it's not like we could play the game but then have like a facebook call going like we couldn't play the game together right and he called oxford and they basically said you should be studying not playing video games i was like whoa that's a little uh that's a little much (laughs) i mean the oxford has created some of the most brilliant minds i think they need a little relaxation time too i digress so we finally started it and it's so funny how this is like a new game to me because I haven't touched the campaign at all. And I haven't watched a single video on the campaign. I obviously know some of the events that transpire. But it's just so funny how this is like a brand new game to me. And in uh, a little over two months, I get another brand new I get another brand new campaign in the universe. Nice. Uh, I really enjoy it. I'm definitely rusty. Man, am I I'm rusty. We're playing it on normal just to like get through it. Maybe we'll do another playthrough. Maybe I'll play with you or whoever wants to play. I know a bunch of people want to play it. I'm definitely rusty. Uh, it's a good time so far. We got to the end of Act One, where some uh, some some crazy little things happen with some of the characters. So I'm definitely I'm trying to be invested in the story, but man, it's so hard without the core base of characters. Dude, you'll get there. Trust me. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm hoping things turn around. Did you – I want to ask because I remembered I played this and I haven't said it. Did you play any Crash Team Racing? I haven't, Oh, no. my gosh, uh, man. I, you are going to get so mad because I know you. You're going you're <laughs> gonna to get so mad. The, the learning curve is so different than Mario Kart. I might just skip out on it, it dude, to be honest. Or I'll, or I'll play with you at your house. Yeah. Like, I don't – It is such a different game. Like, it's it, – it's so weird. I yeah, <laughs> I. It's very good, but I had forgotten what a kart racer that wasn't Mario Kart had felt like. Yeah. Besides absolutely. Diddy Kong, because me and Seth would play Diddy Kong on N sixty four sometimes, um, or on like the DS. But yeah, 
So, yeah, Crash Team Racing was not to step on your Gears of War. No, no, you're but fine. Trust me, you'll get there with Gears. It'll it'll come. And then Friday is uh, another big shibuzi for you. I'm really excited. I've already got plans drawn in my notebook for ideas I have <laughs> That's awesome. for. Like Daria, like, like MTV's Daria. Like, You've got all the angst that you want to take out on your friends. Yeah, some via, Mario, via levels. Mario levels. Some weird physics-based stuff I, I'm going to try. Apparently, this game is like a 10 out of 10 per most reviews. Wow. So That's IGN gave it a 9.5 out of 10. So I'm pretty hyped. That's awesome, dude. I can't wait. And let's do a little bit of a pivot there's not going to be too much news this week i'm actually glad that the what we played section took so long because um we are still in the post e3 drought and it's really been a big drought except for a couple personal interest things um jason schreier from kotaku who frequently gets these stories sent to him um which is t- sad that he has to get them sent to him, to be honest. They just, people just know, he, they know he'll cover. Yeah, they know that he'll fight like, for him. They're, they're so reinforced and by the fact that they know he'll, he'll talk about it. Yeah. And so a couple of game testers and a couple other employees, I believe. Um, I'm not going to pretend to know everything because the, the story is very long and very detailed. Um, so the the people that came out were very brave and props to them because I've heard some horror stories from some personal friends that have been in game testing uh, and, and what they do to you. Not like like what they like. They don't torture you, but it feels like yeah, it. it's um, it's not a Kevin Spacey kind of yeah, thing. game. Game it's, testing it's is uh... not what you think it is. Um, trust me, it is. You you want to hear about mind-numbing monotony. Look into, like, the real world of what a game tester is. Absolutely. So yeah. uh, a couple of game testers came out and talked to Jason Schreier about the work conditions at Treyarch and how the contract employees are treated kind of like second-rate citizens compared to salaried employees. Mm-hmm. And they have to park at a separate parking lot that's further away from Whoa, the building. Oh, yeah. They aren't really allowed to come to work provided meals until the salaried employees go to the work provided meals. And then, then they just get the leftovers. They actually don't allocate the food. Um, they, you know, they there's just all these stories about how Treyarch, there was going to be a this like weird 2v2 campaign and they were trying to build something revolutionary and it got scrapped and because of that a lot of like 60 70 hour work weeks just down the drain and you know it's it's hard because you you these people are getting paid 13 dollars an hour to be a game tester at least that's what they said and they what inspired them to come out is the like I think it was the $15 million bonus that a lot of them, the big higher ups in Activision got. I don't, I'm not sure of the exact amount, but it's mm-hmm. because, uh, you know, the, the bonus figure came out and they're not even paying these people $15 an hour in California where oh it gosh. is really too expensive to live. 
Oh yeah, it, I have family who live there. I can speak for it, and so I could literally give you scenarios. That's crazy. And so, it's just really hard because game testing is a way to get into the industry, and so it's kind of one of those jobs where you are treated like you're lucky to have it. You know what I mean? Or at least that's what it feels like. And it's kind of sad that what they're putting these people through is it's just really terrible. And they're they're not able to do anything about it because they're contracted employees. They can be yeah. let go at any time. And Absolutely. And I've with my work, I've gotten reached out to by a couple of companies where you know, contract employees actually sound great because you get paid more, right? Because you're a contracted employee. But the problem is contracted employees don't get sick time. They don't no. get PTO. Nope. You any time off you take is deducted from your work, your your yep. money, and if you take time off that they don't like, they can just let you go with no because you're a contract. You're you like they can null and void you. And it's, oh, it's rough. Um, go, I encourage you because we're not going to handle it as gracefully as he does. Um, I, I've learned that, but, but I do want people to know that they should go read this piece. Um, it is called, I believe it's called The Human Cost of Call of Duty Black Ops 4. Uh, and it's on Kotaku. And it's written by Jason Schreier. And if you Google any of that, you'll find it and just read it. It's a very long story, but I think what is happening with Jason and a couple of other authors out there or journalists is that they're really shining this bright light into the dark areas of the game industry that we don't want to look at. And I think it's needed to happen for a while. So it's, it's definitely, it's definitely something that needs to be seen and reacted to, especially with a bunch of companies stepping up. Like Nintendo Nintendo went out of their way to say that the reason Animal Crossing was delayed is because they worry about the like the pressure they're putting on the their crunch, employees. Yeah. So yeah, they don't want to crunch. They could have easily put it out this year, they said. But at what cost? The human cost is inevitable because what happens is is these people burn out and then they don't want to work on games anymore so you get people like he's kind of a bad example but cliffy b who doesn't make games anymore but you can imagine how much crunch he went through the entire time he was in the game industry and his employees yeah and so you've got and then to have to have lawbreakers shut down permanent like permanently permadeath right (laughs) So other studios have started to come out against crunch. Apparently Ubisoft is doing very well um, on managing that kind of stuff. CD Projekt Red has come out and said that they are strategizing work hours more and they're not forcing anyone to do anything else. A lot of companies can say that and still do it, but you know, at least they're making an effort, you know, so it's it's starting to become a bigger deal and people are starting to see it, which is why we keep bringing it up on the episode because 
even if like you are a listener that just listened to this episode or the past couple, you may not have heard us talk about it before. And I just, I always want to bring awareness to that stuff because it's, it sucks. I, no, yeah, absolutely. I want people that make games to keep making games because I love them. Uh, even if I have to wait a couple extra months for a game, I would rather have that than an entire studio burn out and not want to do it anymore. You know? Yeah, absolutely. I so, mean, burnout in anything sucks. Yeah. Like the company I work for, granted, I'm, I'm one of the bosses, so it's a little bit different, but we're an employee first company. Because we feel if the employees are at their best, you're going to provide the best services. Now, granted, I work in a different type of field than retail or something. But even if retail companies would put their employees before customers who don't give a damn about them other than the consumer goods that they get, uh, you would see you would see huge results. And one of the things I hope to break into as I get older is um, doing like behavioral therapy for companies. It's actually like a it, it's called organization behavioral management. And kind of teaching these companies like, hey, here's what you're doing and here's the data that doesn't support anything that you're doing. Yeah. For sure. One day. It's yeah, it it, it super sucks. Not we don't want to be Debbie Downers, but it's definitely an issue. Definitely issue you got to touch on. Um, The other bit of news I want to do is I want to talk about IGN's. Xbox podcast, podcast unlocked. I'm not telling you, I mean, go listen to it if you want, but they did a interview with Rod Ferguson, who's the head of uh, the coalition. Yep. Sorry, I forgot the name of it for a second. But you said it. So you're um, and so he talked about Gears 5 a lot. It was actually most of what he talked about, of course, because that's what's coming out. And they talked about Escape some, and that was great. But he explained why Escape was the only thing we saw at E3. Which I was always... I mean, you heard me and Chris get frustrated about it on the podcast. We wanted to see more of the other stuff. And so basically he explained it, Chris, that he was worried about starting too big of a hype fire and not being able to maintain it, right? I mean, I could definitely... I can definitely... So... uh... That resonates with me. So what's happening is because June was E3, they showed off uh, Escape in June, right? They announced it, yeah. Yeah, and then in July, he said they're going to show off multiplayer. Yes. Um, And then in August, he said they're going to show off the Horde mode. And then in September, before it shows, they're going to show more of the campaign. So they have a roadmap set in order to keep people excited for the game. And he didn't want to burn all the rocket fuel in June. And so that's, okay. that's interesting to me. And I, on one hand, very much appreciate that because it leaves you wondering a little bit. It also gives us stuff to report on until September. So that'll <laughs> be nice. So I, I'm very excited for Gears 5 still. He did say that so you're going to realize when you play Gears 4, Chris, that Gears 4 feels like the same, right? Mm-hmm. It They don't take huge risks. It still feels like Gears. So, yeah, gear, yeah. I, I got that right away. And he said that one of the reasons they did that was to instill the confidence in people 
that this is a because team was, of people yeah. that can make because it was the first game coalition did exactly that was gears yeah mm-hmm. and so this is a team of people that can make a gears game and feel like gears and the feedback he got for gears 4 was that's great but we were actually kind of hoping you would do some new things right because every game does do some new things but then you hit like judgment which did like too much new stuff in my opinion or at least not yeah. even basic gears very well. I uh, I don't know where judgment went wrong because on on paper, like it should have been really really good. Right. Baird and Cole are two memorable characters. They're fan favorites who don't get enough spotlight. Having a game solely based around events in their timeline is perfect. It it fell really short. The multiplayer was just really broken when they when they changed it to you had to have like set layouts or something, if I recall. Yeah. With the it, that was horrible. Beast mode was awesome, and it, to me they didn't they didn't invest enough in beast mode. I I dude I played beast mode I think as much as I played horde. It made me feel bad for people can fly, because yeah they were the people that mainly made that game. But Bulletstorm was really good. Yeah. So it was yes, like, it was. Where, where's the disconnect? Where's the, what's not working? So, And I th- I think it was the multiplayer changes in Judgment. Yeah. So he did say they're going to break the mold more in Gears 5. He didn't say how, but he assured everyone, like, it's still, part of it's still going to feel like Gears. He goes, but be, but be ready because it's going to, we're going to do some new stuff. And so I that I, makes me super excited. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited. Part of that was why they changed the name from Gears of War to Gears because they wanted okay. it to feel like their own thing, kind of. And Gears Tactics is coming. I can't wait, dude. I did see in an interview last week that Rod said, "Hey, we're don't worry, we're still working on it." Yeah, I saw him say that. It's also he said it's probably not going to stay PC exclusive. Which would be During awesome. this interview, he said it's going to be PC first. He doesn't want people okay. to feel like the PC version is a port. So they're they're making it on PC first, and then, you know, it'll probably end up on console, I bet. What you mean? I have everything, so whatever we need to do. And then you've we'll got your Funko Gears coming hey, to man, your mobile. Um, let's, let's, let's do it. <laughs> so... Um, other than that, did you have any other news, Chris? Uh, the this week did the Steam Summer Sale did drop uh, yesterday. Oh, really? If you guys, yep. Uh, as Seth said, you know you're you're gonna see a lot of some of the same stuff. But I mean, even games like Sekiro and stuff are discounted at a decent price. You know, so uh, if you guys like games, which you, you either support David and I for some reason, or you also do that and enjoy games. You guys should check it out if you have a PC that'll run games. Um, some of the honorable, run, some of the ones worth mentioning are like Sekiro is like thirteen dollars off, which I mean thirteen dollars is thirteen dollars. Um, you've got like uh, some some fan favorites like the entire Roller Coaster Tycoon like deluxe pack is like ten bucks. You have Payday Two, one of my favorite games. Every like all the content and everything for five dollars. 
So uh, you can definitely nab some deals for sure. Nice. Uh, also, Chet, like uh, I, one of my favorite spooky games. I don't know if I've ever talked about this, Bloatcast or uh, Suplex the Sticks. One of my favorite spooky games of all time is Fear Two. For some reason, that game scared the the piss out of me. Oh yeah, you've it's talked on sale. about it. Okay, it's on sale for three dollars, so I'm gonna pick that up. I, it's a, it's a good good good. I don't know if I'm gonna subject myself to that game again. <laughs> I beat it once, and that's enough. <laughs> you can the traumas the traumas there. Yeah, you don't need to. It's nothing nothing to be relived. So that that's a cool. It's a cool time for gamers. I wish. Um, Kentucky Route Zero was finalized. I would easily pull the trigger, but Seth told me to wait. So yeah, I'm gonna get it on the Switch when it drops. That's true. There is the Switch version that's coming too. The TV edition, it says. So the TV edition. My fr- I was gonna pick up my friend, my friend Pray, my friend Pedro. I was gonna pick that up on PC, but uh, my wife Andrea really wants it on Switch, so we'll end up doing it that way. Yeah, that's that's not a bad port from what I've heard. No. The uh I will say I've heard that the Controls blood stained little... no the blood stained port is very bad on Switch. Okay, okay. So if you were a fan of Castlevania and you were gonna get that game on Switch, probably don't. <coughs> okay. Because the port is real bad apparently. Which is a bummer, a but take. it happens. That is a bummer. So with that, we appreciate you as always. And we, uh, the winner of the cup, by the way, was Austin. I still need to get in contact with him. So that's a good memory. Like, he's, I got to get the in contact with him. The winner of the Women's World Cup <laughs> was Austin. <laughs> um, and so, congrats to him. We'll be doing congrats, more contests. Um, I'm possibly going to do a sign up sheet for people that'd be wanting to buy hats. So if you're interested in that, uh, inquire, like message us. It's very easy to do, I promise, on Facebook or email at suplexesticks at gmail.com. All of our social information is in the show notes. So if you just swipe up and you can see it all in there, Discord, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff. Um, And with that, we will see you next week. Bye. See you later.